Welcome to All Four Downs. I am Joe McGuire. Man, we are here. I mean, it's a, it's official. The college football season is uh, officially underway. Some great games last weekend. There's a whole slate of games this weekend. Of course, we weren't even sure there was going to be football. NFL is also kicking off this weekend. Uh, some great games. I got a chance to watch uh, some of that Marshall game last weekend. I think they actually just scored again, didn't they? Uh, quite a game for Marshall. So we'll talk a little bit about everything going on in the world of college football. Obviously, COVID is big on everybody's mind. Um, we've seen uh, politics sort of get involved as far as uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. We want all of the Power Fives or none of the Power Fives playing, apparently. We'll also talk, I think, a little bit about how important football is. Uh, on the last episode, we talked to Anthony Miller, who covers the XFL uh, the Dallas Stampede for the XFL, and and we talked about uh, it's a way of life down south, and and everyone's got to be very excited right now that college football is back. Some really great matchups this uh, this season, so should be a very exciting college football season, assuming uh, that we're somehow able to make it all the way through. So we've got so much to discuss. And we really appreciate you joining us on today's program. Obi Munez, Scanlon, and Big Sexy Jace Garcia. Thank you guys for joining us here on All Four Downs. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy uh, opening weekend uh, in in college football. It's I always love the first couple of weeks of the season because. It's when you get to see those fifty-nine nothing games, the fifty-five to threes. It's always my favorite time of the year. It's nice because it gets some of these smaller schools a chance to go get paid uh, against a you know a, a, a bigger school, uh, and the only thing they have to do to take that money is to absolutely get their brains beat in. Yeah, unless you're at Appalachian State a couple years ago and you shocked the world. Sure, every once in a while it works out, but uh, it certainly didn't work. I, I was just thinking to myself, Eastern Tennessee State, can you imagine the alumni, how badly they could not wait to get that football team back on the field, right? And they got the camp, and they're doing the two-a-days, and the boosters are there, and they're, they're it's, everyone's excited, right? We're going to play some college football after all. And then Marshall, <laughs> they go to just 50 night. Like, that's got to be. I guess my question would be, guys, <laughs> would you rather your team get wiped off the face of the earth 59 nothing, or would you rather not play because of COVID? Hey, uh, I'm a football purist at heart. Football <laughs> is football. I don't care. Uh, if, if my youths lose by 60, they lose by 60. But uh, I'm just happy football's back, baby. Well, I don't know. I, I got to disagree with you there, man, because if if all these precautionary measures that you did, yet you still got to play football, then you show up and you couldn't even score not one touchdown, yeah, I'm better off just staying at home and, and just, you know, cancel the season and I'll just wait till next year. I mean, that's what UConn Huskies did. I mean, look, look at them now. They canceled the season. It wasn't for COVID. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's just nobody wanted to play him. And then themselves was like, yeah, I'll skip a year. I need some more weight training. Yeah. yeah, look, yeah you was, get another uh, year eligibility too, Sean, right? Kind of worth it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right there. I think that uh, they definitely would have taken week one off with uh, with no arguments if that's 
that's how they know the game would have went. But um, you, you got to give credit to Marshall. Uh, their freshman QB came out and had a, a great game, uh, just balled out against them. But uh, we'll see where it goes from here for uh, the Eastern Kentucky squad. Yeah, but Joe, man, I got some scores for you, man. I mean, there's there were some good games, don't get me wrong, but there were some terrible games, especially if you're favorite to win and you don't really represent. And I'll, and I'll, I'll show you right here as we get set for the, the scores for week one. We had uh, UAB uh, who defeated Central Kansas 45 to 35. We had uh, South Alabama. Uh, they did. This was a pretty good game, a good finish, 32 to 21. Uh, but Army, Army was just running all over Middle Tennessee. I mean, it took over almost half the third quarter, and then they had the whole entire fourth quarter all by themselves in one possession. That's Army football, there. I tell you. They threw the ball four times in that game. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, and I believe there were uh, eight different guys had multiple carries for Army in that game. And that's their style, man. And they've been doing it up for, for so many years. And you you will guess what play they'll come next. You know, oh, wait, yeah. it's a run game. Oh, yeah. wait, by the way, he's still getting a first down. So, anyways... Yeah, but one thing about that game, uh, Army, the, obviously their offense eats up the clock. They take time. They're, but their defense came to play. They, they, the games they lose is because their defense lets up quick scores to make it close because their offense eats up so much of the clock. But their defense came to play against Middle Tennessee. Uh, there was When the Army had 23 points, Middle Tennessee only had 21 total yards. In, in the second, in the those in the second quarter, so uh, Army played big. And damn right, and Frank even said it. Army plays smash mouth football, and you damn right they do. Uh, next is Marshall. Oh, uh, you mentioned that fifty nine to nothing. I actually saw that game, and I thought that was a scrimmage game for Marshall. I didn't think Eastern Kentucky was really, you know, thought they were like high school football or something. I don't know. <laughs> Kind of look yeah. like it. Yeah. I mean, it only took them an average of two minutes just to score a touchdown. So I mean, hey, uh, but hey, this is this game is my concern right here. Uh, Ooh, SMU yeah. was in an American League, uh, American League, the AAC conference, going against Texas State that really don't have a great football program, and for them to beat them thirty-one to twenty-four, they're in big trouble in their conference, especially when they have to play Houston, maybe Navy, which we'll talk about Navy later. Uh, but there's some good competition in that conference, so we got to watch out for SMU. I don't think they're going to have a good season. Uh, they, there was a time last year where I, I thought SMU was the best non-Power 5 team, and to come out with a game like this, that's, that that just makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Shane Bouchelle, who had a great year last year, uh, didn't come out, and he, he played pretty rough against Texas State. You know, obviously they, they had enough to get the win, but um, it, it, you're definitely a cause for concern moving forward. Brady McBride, man, for Texas State, definitely stepped up his game. You know, had had a, a, a big interception that, that may have kind of hurt them, but he played pretty well, and Calvin Hill, boy, uh, stud running back. You got to give Texas State credit for uh, hanging in this one and, and uh, had their sights set on the on the big upset. Would have been a nice uh, nice way to start the season. It would have been. Oh yeah. Uh, let's move on to North Texas over Houston Baptist, fifty-seven thirty-one. As expected for North Texas to have that. 
I'm sure that they had to put their second string at the end. But, hey, they did what they're supposed to do. I wouldn't be surprised that they entered themselves into a bowl game. Uh, Memphis over Arkansas State. We had UTEP over Stephen F. Austin. We had the game Monday night. Hey, hey, BYU hey. over Navy, 55-3. to Now, let me talk. Before anybody says anything yeah. about Navy, <laughs> all right, in their defense, even the coach said it out before the game started. They did not tackle. They didn't do anything. They did some drills, but not contact drills. And it just came out today on the news that Navy started doing contact. So they're going to be prepared for the next game. And I think it's a little bit too late uh, for them for preparation, just less than a week, just to get to the second game in, in the season. But uh, for Time BYU, 55-3, to three, what's up? BYU is – here we go. Here we go. No. All right. They're good. They're good. Zach Wilson, very underrated quarterback, very Johnny Manziel esque, but he has a, a better head on his shoulders. Uh, their run game was unstoppable. Uh, I think that has a, a lot to do with the, the lack of tackling. But also defensively, the Kafusi brothers are a force to be reckoned with in that linebacker core. Uh, I, I think be what. I, I understand Navy wasn't tackling, and this was this was the first game back from COVID. I understand that. But don't discredit BYU. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think this year. Well, I'm going to discredit BYU because of the fact <laughs> of what the Navy – Navy is a lot better. Navy was favorite negative one going to this game. Only okay? negative one? Only and negative look, one? And look at the score. Come on. Come on. Don't don't say that. Oh, they 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 good enough on everything because at this time, their BYU just got lucky. It was not to say that in the next oh, game they wow. lose. Lucky. So hold what on, am I gonna listen? What am I gonna listen. hear you say next? Up. week? I was fifty-five three lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the luckiest team of all time. Look, Miles Fells ran three times for fifty-five yards. They had thirty-eight carries in the game. If you take out Fells's fifty-five yards on the three carries. They averaged about two and a half yards per carry. They threw the ball eight times for about 30 yards total. I mean, they got dominated in a way that a running team shouldn't get dominated at. I mean, if you're BYU, my goodness gracious, you got to be patting yourself on the back and, and thinking uh, thinking big picture here, boy. You can get through I, I'm the gonna save division, this. a conference play uh, undefeated. You're talking about a team that could potentially uh, – it's gonna definitely be in a bowl game at this rate, but you, you could you could see them yes, uh, in the oh, top yeah. five. I mean, oh, I, I mean, uh, you, wow. don't, you guys are know, going. Boy. Hey, BYU is still overrated. They're not ranked. <laughs> We're gonna leave it like that. Not saying that they're gonna make a bowl, but OB. don't don't they, don't beat they put up, BYU. They gotta put up triple digits for you to. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna score a thousand. I still won't be like. <laughs> it, it's not like they're gonna go be an SEC team. I'm, okay, let's not go there. Let's not All right, go then, there. That's not their competition, though. And let's go back to last season where they beat Tennessee. They beat an SEC team. So there don't give me that trash. And Navy did awesome as well. So let's not discredit Navy. Okay. Like I said, <laughs> they did it. They did not do awesome. This did they still practice? Navy. Navy Make did not practice. practice. Where was they the did offense? They didn't get. They didn't tackle. I understand how that was Look, for man. defense. Look, but man, I they, hate they Navy. They still ran plays offensively. 
I hate Navy. Remember, I'm all Army, baby. All right, so yeah. let's let's calm down. But at the same time, I'm gonna tell you, don't beef up BYU. They they don't deserve to get that okay. that beefing. I'm don't gonna tell you that right now. Don't discredit BYU though. I, I will I discredit them. Up. Show don't me, discredit them. Show me again. Fifty-five next to three, bro. Fifty-five to three. Okay. That was a dominant performance. So I am looking yeah. at the top twenty-five, and nobody ever saw BYU in the top twenty-five, and I will <laughs> still continue to not see them there. But because of the Big Ten and Pac-12 not not playing, I have no other choice but to see them on the next ranking. So. You know, hey, it is what it is. Hey, Navy was in the top twenty-five last year. Yes, they were. I'm talking and about this they list just right got here. Stomped. They of were course, Odell you get stomped Beckham if you don't practice. And BYU was that woman on the podcast. But anyhow, the the real question is here is this right here: Saban and Sweeney. Do we see them to in a national championship this year? Hmm. I, yeah, I could, I could see it, but I, I think it's going to be weird though because it, it all depends when uh, the Big Ten and also the Pac-12 decide to play. Um, I don't know what the national championship is going to look like because um, if they all do match up in time, I, I think Ohio State definitely has to get some consideration. Um, bringing back Justin Fields and uh, Ryan Day it looked like he he was the part or played the part of the Ohio State coach uh, last year. You know, leading them to the. The playoffs and losing that heartbreaker to Clemson. Um, I think that they'll be back uh, this year. I think that they'll be hungry, but it really just all depends, you know, when when these teams all start to play. Um, if the Big Ten can start start a season soon enough, maybe you know we can get a national championship with all the the Power Fives involved. But um, it's definitely definitely going to be an interesting year, um, uh, and I'm it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I think Alabama and Clemson are, are the easy picks in, in just about any season. But I think you got to really look at Florida. You got to look at Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I think any one of these teams, and again, especially in such a weird year like this year, where, you know, kind of the same thing with the NFL. You're not really getting a, a, a full preseason, you're not getting games, you're just kind of going out there cold. It could be very interesting. Uh, I'm excited for Notre Dame, uh, ACC member for the season. Uh, their schedule might have actually gotten easier as a result of that. Yeah. So it'll be great to see the Irish and, and Clemson duke it out. I think that's going to be really exciting. So, yeah, I, you know, again, it's easy to say that's going to be uh, that's going to be your national championship game. And you know what? A, a betting man would say that and, and could feel good come January uh, that that uh, Saban and Sweeney will be there shaking hands in midfield. So who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is it is hard, uh, especially when you don't have the Big Ten involved and the Pac-12. And it, we don't even know what's going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of talks about them probably starting early and i don't know what early consists of since the season's already started uh what are they talking about before thanksgiving or are they talking about before the, the year ends so we don't know you know if they're going to just play five ten games or, or, or what or they just again like everybody else keeping it within the conference so uh it's pretty interesting to see how they're going to establish who's the real champion and it probably argumentative because I had thought that Ohio State and Clemson were going to be yeah. the two teams in the championship this year. 
For sure. Uh, if this were a regular, uh, normal college football season, those would be the, the the two that we expect to see in the national championship. Now, with with all this mess that we have, uh, yeah, Alabama's the favorite to come out of the SEC, and and whoever's the favorite to come out of this, whoever comes out of the SEC will be the favorite to go up against Clemson in the national title game. Now, I'm not saying Alabama does come out because uh, losing uh, Tua, I think, is a big, big loss for them. They have a they have studs, stud wide receivers. They have a solid defense. But when you have those wide receivers, you got to have someone who can get them the ball. And uh, I, I think that might be str- a struggle for them to uh, replace the shoes that uh, replace Tua's shoes. Um, I, I think a team like Georgia – you can squeak in there, uh, but those are the two favorites now. Uh, you know last year, OV, how much I fought for the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 uh, get, uh, finds a way to play a season, I, I, I don't think any one of them can compete with these guys. Uh, Utah, my team, they, they lost a bunch of seniors and uh, a really big loss for Oregon losing Justin Herbert to the draft, but also uh, Penny Suell, who uh, might be the best player in in the nation, might mm-hmm. be the number one pick, the offensive tackle. He's decided to sit out and prepare for the draft. So I think those are big hits for the Pac-12. I, I don't expect to see them. Uh, a team like Oklahoma or Texas might squeak in from uh, uh, the Big 12. But, yeah, I think whoever comes out of the SEC and Clemson are, are going to be – in- uh, well, I mean, the Pac-12 do have a new uh, president or slash commissioner there. So, and the reason why is because they want them to be competitive, like the SEC. So we have to wait and tell on that. But as far as you know, I'm a big Georgia fan, but my my uh, I am concerned if they were be able to at least win their division because Florida is the next best team, and they got all yeah. their players back. And with Georgia, they're bouncing out. Their star quarterback, who is who had transferred from Georgia Tech, he's not even playing. So, and there's a, there's a lot of lot of players across the national uh, national football league, the uh, NCAA, that they're opting out because they're preparing themselves for the NFL draft. Yeah, but while Newman isn't playing, he had a great season last year. Don't discredit JT Daniels, who transferred from uh, USC. He was uh he got injured early in the season, but this guy can sling the football. So so I like I like him as a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think JT Daniels. Um, a lot of people forget about him because of the injuries at USC, and just because USC, you know, hasn't been the dominant force that they usually are in college football. I think uh, a new a new change of scenery moving to Georgia um, will benefit him. I think you know he's got a lot of playmakers around him, so Georgia will definitely. I think they, I think they have a good chance to, you know, be that number one team in the SEC and uh, duke it out with Alabama and take the SEC title, maybe even make it to the the national championship this year. You know, at the top of the show, I talked about how things have been getting comical. We saw President Donald Trump getting involved. I know what a huge sure. football fan he is, and I'm sure that's his only motivation. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Ohio's Attorney General. Um, David Yost is is going to recommend Ohio State University sue the Big Ten uh, over their canceled football season, and there's nothing 
nothing to get things moving like the filing of a lawsuit. So yeah. uh, I know the Big Ten's kind of been um, you know, waffing a little bit. They were supposed to vote last weekend, and, and that didn't happen. Reports are saying uh, maybe in the next few days. But I, I think they're probably bracing for this. This could be a, a pretty serious court battle. You know, typically what happens when somebody files a lawsuit is before that thing ever makes its way to court, uh, lawyers talk, mediations happen. You try to figure out a way to uh, appease everybody. My thought is, is this could very much be uh, Ohio State just posturing, trying to put some pressure on the Big Ten to, at the very least, Ovi, commit to when are we doing this? Absolutely. Like, we, we don't have to do it tomorrow, but are we doing it in the spring? Are we doing it in the f- when? When are we doing it? And, and I think it's not fair to these kids that there's, there's you know, from, from the, the Big Ten and, and, and the Pac-12, there's really not a lot of direction uh, or information coming out of there, you know, <laughs> where I think the other three conferences are making a mistake and, and kind of rushing things along. Um, I think these two are doing just quite the opposite and leaving everybody in the dark. And I don't think it's fair to 18, 19, 20-year-olds who are basically risking their life. They're on a college campus. I, I don't know if you guys have been reading, but there's been outbreaks on college campuses all over this country. Some of them are staying open. Some of them are shutting down and trying to you know, wither through it. You're, you're asking a lot of these athletes. And you know, I, I think another issue, and we haven't really talked about it yet, is how many guys um, have already decided to forego their senior year to prepare for the draft, and how many yeah. more might still do that? Absolutely. I mean, we could we, the numbers could spike up even more between now and before they even start their first game. Uh, but you know, the lack of leadership as we've seen throughout the country, you know, it, it's it's a concern. You know, people are are afraid to make decisions. What is the best decision? You know, damn if they do, damn if you don't. If I do this and it doesn't work out, I get sued. If I don't do this, I still get sued. So which which direction you're going at? But at the same time, nobody's communicating. And that's the problem. They're not talking to the students. They're not talking to the coaches. And those those are the people that want to know, hey, are we going to have the season or not? Because it, it ought to affect them. And then look at look at the other way. I kept saying that previously on uh, All Four Downs, a uh, previous episode about could these college players go to the XFL and then just show off what skills they have before the draft? That could probably happen. You know, for me, I think I would have taken that route instead of doing the Columbine because, hey, there's more action on the field. However, on the other side, um, these leaders, these these guys that are, that are put in place to be leaders need to make that decision and make it happen. And that's the bottom line. I, I, communication was big. Like this is something that should have been talked about more during the height of the pandemic. I, I feel like everyone was just like, "Oh, it's canceled." Oh, we might actually just do it in spring. But then once it started itching closer and closer, people started making decisions, and I, I think the decisions were rash and they weren't really truly thought out. But it, I, I think if you start it from when the pandemic hall started. Because the bottom line here is is for the NCAA is sports like that's gonna make them money and they should this should have been a conversation as soon as March Madness ended they should have said all right what's our next biggest thing college football let's start getting that going first 
And it, it didn't. It took them time, and then eventually everything imploded like it did. So I, I, I hope something can get rearranged and we can get all the teams playing that we can. But uh, I, honestly, I'm not too hopeful for that. Joe, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, could these conferences create a bubble and still keep it within maybe two bubbles per conference? So where you got each division going at you know each other and then vice versa, still implement testing and stuff like that. And then at the same time, even though they're students, they can still do online college. Ain't that what technology is there for? Sure. And look, you know, I think if you look nearly every conference in college football is located near a dome and near a big city with a dome, which would be a perfect situation to get these teams in a hotel. Plenty of hotels in in all these big cities and you got your dome. You're going to have to figure out a schedule. You're probably going to have to get people on and off the field quick in the same day to make it all happen. But it, you look, you've seen the success that, that they've had with it um, in the NBA, in the NHL, WNBA, MSL, um, the uh, Indoor Billiards Association. Uh, their <laughs> bubble's been killing it as well. The shoots and ladders bubble's been working for them. The the bubble works. Baseball has been, been lucky enough to um, not be overwhelmed by COVID, but you've seen so many breakouts in Major League Baseball, and it's because you don't have a bubble you know, you saw an instance where, you know, uh, Mike Clevenger, who's since been traded from the Cleveland Indians and uh, a, a teammate of his. Um, Zach Plesic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was going to say Dan Plesic's kid because uh, his dad played when I was a kid, Sean. When I was your age, oh, yeah. when I was a boy, his dad was a, a really good relief pitcher. But Yes, um, he was. Yeah, for Milwaukee. But anyway. The Milwaukee Brewers, yep. You know. You saw two. You saw a veteran player and, a, and an emerging young player on the Cleveland Indians buck the team rules, go out there, hit a bar. Neither one of them caught it. Nobody else got it. I mean, nothing terrible happened, but management was so upset with those two that they sent them both to the alternate site. They just moved Clevenger. So, you know, Unfortunately, if you don't have a bubble, and even if you do, you know, you just got to make sure that everybody understands and that everybody's in it to win it. You know, I, I think you could see, I think you, I think it's likely you may see more star players drop out of this and guys who have absolutely no future beyond their senior year of college. It's not worth playing football and dying when you're not going to the NFL anyway. And on the other hand, if you are going to the NFL, why would you risk the, the, getting COVID? There's plenty of tape on you. There certainly could be some some opportunity in the XFL come springtime if you need to uh, impress NFL teams. And if you, if you can't get it done before the draft, you can still sign as an undrafted free agent, and you'll have your pick of the litter. So, this could really work out. One of the things that outraged me, though, guys, early on, and and uh, our our buddies, the Keys brothers, were one of them. Who and I chastised anybody who said this. I heard suggestions from people that these kids should sign waivers to play, and I thought, first of all, if I was their lawyer, I'd be screaming no. Okay. Uh, second of all, these universities make so much money on the backs of these kids 
that how insulting would it be? These kids can't even work. They're not allowed to work and earn money while they're in school, which is why a lot of them get, you know, a lot of them get into trouble because of boosters, because they they don't have any money and they're not allowed to work. So you're already putting these kids in a position where Nike shows up and it's like, I got $100,000 in this box if you do what I say. And they're like, yeah. And now people are like, you know what? Just sign your your literal life away so that you can play right guard for for uh, Trevor Lawrence this year. And after the season's over, I don't care what happens to you anyway. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Any football team in I mean, look, look at the rosters on these teams. There's a lot of guys, and and unfortunately, a lot of them are like expendable, and but they shouldn't be treated that way. The, the biggest problem, obviously, is a lack of central leadership in NCAA. You see it, again, the way it's run with the conferences, it's all about money, it's all about TV contracts, and it's all about big boosters. It's the ugly side of college football and the ugly side of college sports in general. It's what taints it. It's where all the, all the problems with this sport all comes down to the dollars. Who's making them and who's not getting them? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, um, no matter what's going on, the show must go on. As you know that, Joe, the show must go on. As we see here, regardless of the Power Fives not being included, the college football committee is still going to happen starting Tuesday, November 17th, and each week after that all the way until Selection Sunday, which is December 20th. And we're going to find out to see who are the top four teams to make it to the playoffs. And the finals will be Monday, January 11th in Miami for the national championship. Now, with that in mind, here's this week's schedule. We got UAB versus Miami. That's Thursday. And also Thursday's the opener of the NFL. On Saturday, we got some good games. We got Syracuse versus North Carolina, uh, Louisiana at Iowa State. Uh, a good game, even though many might not think, but Duke and Notre Dame should be very interesting because Duke, Duke is solid. Uh, I, I believe that. And uh, don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to put, put up a good fight. They also uh, just got the transfer quarterback from Clemson, Chase Bryce. Yeah. Outstanding. So we'll see what, from there. Uh, maybe Notre Dame suspect. Maybe they're just like Navy. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> By I'm the just way, saying. Navy, I mean, a lot of people way, hate me right now. But okay. Listen, <laughs> Navy, Navy, uh, Navy had full, uh, full contact eleven on eleven practice today. That's how unimpressed they were with their performance <laughs> they put up. Uh, I guess. I guess. BYU. I guess doing a no, walkthrough right. doesn't it's count. So. <laughs> 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 uh, but moving on, Missouri State at Oklahoma. We got Clemson at Wake Forest. And then at the end, we have number 14 ranked Texas versus UTEP. I believe Texas could be a difference maker in the Big 12. I think yep. this year they can make their run for their money against Oklahoma. But, hey, we'll wait and see on there. And then that leads us to our pick em. Very interesting because we haven't seen anything yet. Certain teams have already played, but it boils down to this. We'll start with the first one, UAB at Miami. I'm definitely going for and that's it i mean because i really don't know about this one that's a big one a big margin negative 14 but hey i'll go for miami on this what's up with you joe 
Well, uh, I can tell you right now, uh, multiple players on UAB have just tested positive for COVID-19. None of them are identified as starters. Uh, they will land in Miami, I believe, tonight. They'll get checked again, the entire team. Um, right now, at this point, good news for UAB is that there's no starters. Uh, once these tests are administered, um, you know, uh, leading up to game time, there is a chance, you know, that that UAB could potentially be down uh, starters or at least key players. So, uh, again, the the realness of COVID nineteen. I mean, you're you're off to go play Miami, and uh, you know, you're 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 trying to get your your head into the game. You you want to bring out your your best performance. You want to have a great week of practice heading into Miami. That's not an easy place to play. And now you're dealing with the worst thing that's ever happened uh, to humankind. So, kind of a bummer. Um, and 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 gives me every reason in the world to say that my my pick'em would be uh, clearly Miami. <laughs> All right. All right, Sean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with the U on this one. Um, I think you know the getting Derek Derek King, the transfer from Houston. Uh, he was electric last year before uh, he sat out uh, for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be huge for this Miami offense. Um, I think that they come out with a statement win here. And I think that the U, you know, they really have a chance to um, contend in the ACC this year. Um, I, don't, I don't think they have a chance of winning it. But I, I think that they'll, they'll get some big wins um, on the schedule. And I think that it starts this week um, with a B and on, uh, on UAB. Uh, UAB is actually pretty underrated. Uh, they dominate their, their uh, conference. Uh, usually lose only one to two conference games a year. Uh, very solid football team for the Sun Belt. This is Miami. Um, I, 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 if I were betting, I wouldn't bet on this game because I think UAB might pull something together to where they can get this get within the fourteen. But Miami's going to win, and and for the sake of it, I'm going Miami to cover the spread as well. All right, we got uh, Syracuse at North Carolina. I'm picking Syracuse. I think that the spread, negative 22, is too much. Uh, and I think Cuse is, is prepared, and I think they improved from last year. Uh, but this is going to be a good conference game, but it's going to boil down to Cuse winning by a touchdown at the end of the game. Ooh. Uh, OV, <laughs> I love you, dude. I really of do. Of course you and, do. And I got to tell you something. I'm a Syracuse college football fan dating back to when Donovan McNabb was the quarterback. That's how long I've been a, a, a Cuse fan. I was so happy uh, when they went to the ACC until I realized what would happen to Syracuse in the ACC. And <laughs> thus far, nothing good has happened for Syracuse in the ACC and unfortunately, I think they're going to get absolutely. They've been there, and they're a better team. And I think they have a better team this year than they did last year. I still think that North Carolina is uh, a, a, a head and shoulders better team. Uh, and I think that they will win this game by at least four touchdowns. So I'm going to put my money on UNC. Ouch. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Oh, well, I don't know. You suspect, man. I don't feel good uh, about it. I don't feel good about it, but it's reality. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go with Joe on this one. Um, 
I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take UNC with 22 and a half. Um, I just don't think that that Q side. I don't like their QB Devito. Um, I don't, I don't think he's that great. And then, you know, Syracuse. The best part of their team is their secondary, but um, I, I still think that they're gonna get torn apart by by Sam Howell and company. Um, Mac Brown, since he's gotten to UNC, has been a great recruiter. Um, so they're gonna be bringing out a lot of talent uh, this week, and I, I think that they're gonna bring it to to Dino Babers and uh, the Q's Orange man. I'm gonna go with yeah UNC with the spread. I'm just surprised knowing that their last meeting they were both garbage two years ago, and yet they went to two overtimes. What's Q's winning? So I, I just don't understand. But all right, that's cool. I like it. Um, Mac Brown, Sam Howell, who was the rookie of the year in the ACC last year, uh, they're gonna win this football game. But what was it, 22 and a half? That's too many points. Hughes has a way of sticking in games. They, they're they always the upset team in the ACC. They always give teams a scare. Um, I, I just think that's too many points. They did lose their big uh, defensive star, uh, uh, the, their D-end who was drafted. But, uh, yeah, I just think that's too many points. They are the king of garbage time touchdowns which keep those games close. So I, I expect them to cover here, but North Carolina will get the win. All right, let's move forward to Charlotte at Appalachia State. Uh, Appalachia State, uh, they, they always have their rankings each year. Some they fall off, but last year they hung in there. I, they will dominate. They will cover the spread over Charlotte. Yeah, I'll take Appalachian State in this. I mean, what, what a franchise and what a success story. I've been saying this for years that, uh, you know, I don't think it matters who you play in conference. I really don't at the end of the day. I, I think that's a fallacy. I think much like with college basketball, I think the way the, the speed of the game and the way the game is played, I think tell, tells you pretty much everything that you need to know here. Uh, but but Appalachian State, uh, you know, Zach Thomas doesn't, doesn't put up huge numbers, uh, but this team is consistent. Uh, and, and especially in the red zone, uh, these guys come up big. Um, Corey Sutton just stepped out or opted out for uh, for Appalachian State. So, you know, that, that one might hurt him a little bit. Uh, point spread 17 and a half. Yeah, I'll still take Appalachian State given 17. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Joe on this one too. Um, Appalachian State for, you know, one of the – the small conference teams, uh, they bring it every year, obviously, you know, being ranked last year. Um, I, I like their coaching staff. They always have these guys ready to go. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take them uh, with the spread as well on this one. Um, winning by more than 17. Uh, these were the top two teams in their conference last year. Um, they, they, they both played pretty well. They both had some shocking games. Um, I, I think for how, how good each of these teams are, uh, I think some teams a bit much. Um, I, I do expect Appalachian State to win. Uh, Zach Thomas is a guy like uh, he might be a dark horse in the Heisman, um, but uh, but I, I think Charlotte will will cover. All right, uh, next game: Louisiana Tech versus Baylor. Baylor will have their new coach. Uh, did decent uh, this past season, but with a new coach, and they're just now coming back to school. Uh, thanks to Hector's uh, uh, information that's going on because he works in that facility over there. Um, might take Baylor to win, but at the same time, I don't think they're covering spread. I think Louisiana Tech may pull an upset here. Uh, 
I won't say an upset, but whoever's betting on this game, they're going to get upset. It's going to be closer than 18 points. Yeah, boy, I could see Baylor blowing Louisiana State completely out of the water. Different team. Different team. We're talking about tech here. Louisiana Tech. I'm going to have to give you Dr. Pepper, man, because you, you're not looking at yeah, yeah, I still got I still got Baylor covering. All right, fair enough. I got Baylor covering. I th- I think Baylor will win the game. Um, I do not think they are going to cover this one though. Um, Louisiana Tech is another smaller conference team that you know usually makes it to a, a bowl game. Uh, they usually have pretty successful seasons. And also uh, with Matt Rule gone from Baylor, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, with the new coaching staff how how they handle the Big Twelve. And they lost a lot on offense, so. I do think that they get the win here, but uh, I I think it will be a closer game, and I, I would take a Louisiana Tech with the, the spread. Um, Baylor was great last year. They were they were competing to get into the college football playoff, and obviously this is a completely uh, new Baylor team, losing some key seniors as well as Matt Rule um, going on to the NFL, going on to the uh, Carolina Panthers, but. Um, this is a like Louisiana Tech solid uh, every year they're competing in their conference but uh, if there's one thing a big 12 team knows how to do they know how to score and Baylor last year was one of the only teams possibly no the only team in the big 12 that played a little bit of defense so I think that little bit of defense gets multiplied against a team like Louisiana Tech and uh, I think Baylor blows him out of the water all right we're moving on to ul monroe at army i got army winning by 30 uh, and those are my boys go black knights let's make that happen yeah uh, this is gonna be a tough game what's the spread on this one was 18 it is negative negative 19 19 yeah i see this more being uh 55 to nothing yeah, I could see Army in like a like a thirty-eight to twelve, thirty-eight fourteen, something, something in 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 that regards. I mean, look, Army's gonna they're gonna dominate the line of scrimmage. They're gonna absolutely pound the ball uh, into the Warhawks. I I I I think they'll cover it. I see this being uh this being a maybe even a bigger win, maybe like a forty-two to ten. Uh, look, I mean, no joke though. ULM can move the ball. They scored a lot, but again, there's a big difference when you're when you're playing. I, I think Army's just well disciplined, and I think they're going to have a really hard time moving the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to take Army, and I'm going to take them to cover as well. Uh, I think they're just going to impose their will with the running game on a uh, UL Monroe. I I don't see this one being close either. I could I could see Army uh, winning with another big blowout win in a uh, week two, moving to two and zero. Uh, Army pretty easy. Uh, if UL Monroe scores at least once, that that might shake things up as far as the spread goes. I don't expect them to. Uh, Army, the, the, they do control the football, but they don't score a lot, so that might mess things up. But but I, I'm picking Army. All right. Uh, next game, Duke at Notre Dame. I think it's gonna be an awesome game. Uh, but I'm not gonna take my chances and risk it. I'm going for Notre Dame. Uh, with the with the spread, I'm going for Notre Dame. 
Uh, last year, 38-7 was the final there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that again. Uh, maybe a 35-14, something like that. Uh, yeah, I'll take Notre Dame. I'm going to take Notre Dame to win. Um, I don't think they'll cover, though. Um, I think, you know, Duke has been a lot of improved this season. I, I think they want to come out and show it in week one. Um, I think David Cutcliffe, he, he's got belief in his new quarterback. So I think the Notre Dame will probably win by two touchdowns plus, but I, I don't think that they'll cover. Uh, Notre Dame, it will be a force to be reckoned with this year. A lot of returning seniors. But uh, I, I think Duke is uh, fairly underrated. 20 is a lot of points. Um, I, I think uh, Duke, Duke can keep it within, and I, I think they will cover. Notre Dame will win, though. All right, we got University of Texas of San Antonio at Texas State. Texas State played very well against SMU. I think they will carry that over for this week, and they will blow away their opponent, Texas State. Yeah, I'm going to go with Texas State. I, I think I like them. And I think they're with seven and a half. That's not bad. Yeah. Texas State. Lock them up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to go with Texas State. They they came out and they, they had a good showing against SMU. Um, I think a lot of people weren't expecting that, that great of a game out of them. But they had the rushing attack going. Um, the defense had a couple turnovers. So I think that I think that they'll cover. And I'll take Texas State in this one. Yeah, Texas State. You all said it. Outstanding unanimously. That's not good either. Um, but all four of us agree that's not good. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Georgia Tech at Florida State. I got Florida State with the movement and everything else that that coach. I think the the players won the the hearts and mind on the coach. They'll play hard, and we're gonna see a different Florida State this year. Yeah, oh boy, this is a tough one. Um, I am going to take. I think Florida State wins the game. Uh, I don't think they cover. Um, I think it'll be a closer game. I think I think they win by a field goal. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Florida State's going to win, but I, I think it will be more by you know like a touchdown or ten points. Uh, I don't think that they'll cover. Um, it, yeah, obviously they've had struggles in the ACC the past couple of years. Hopefully they turn around uh, this year, but I, I could see it being a little bit slower uh, week one. I think they'll win, but not cover. Uh, no, no, Florida State's going to cover. The, the, they're going to be – this is a new Florida State. Uh, Mark, Mark Norvell is going to turn the program around. Uh, Texas Tech just barely getting done going over the tri triple option, brand-new offense, shaking things up. Uh, Florida State's going to cover too. Yeah, Arkansas State at Kansas State, I got a phone call from my buddy Chuck. He lives in, uh, yeah, North Carolina, and he's a big Kansas State fan. He's diehard Wildcat, and I, you know what? I'm going to go for Kansas State. Take the points with it, negative 10 and a half. Yeah, I think this is a game that Kansas State probably wins by uh, at least a couple of touchdowns. So I will also take ASU. I agree with you guys. I think the Wildcats will uh, start out good this year. I could see them winning by probably uh, th three touchdowns around there, I'd say. So, yeah, I'd take Kansas State to cover. Uh, Kansas State had the big upset against uh, Oklahoma last year. Um, Arkansas State, they looked good. They, they played some tough teams last year, year as well. Um, but I think Kansas State will get it done pretty handily here. All right. Uh, big game. Uh, Clemson at Wake Forest. And 
before you guys get excited, I mean, they're giving Wake Forest 33 points to start the game. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a definite shutout. I think Clemson is going to win uh, 72 to nothing. Right. All right. Um, I don't know about seventy-two to nothing. It was fifty-two to three last year. Uh, I would assume that Clemson will score somewhere between forty and fifty, and that Wake Forest won't score more than fifteen. So do the math. I'll take I'll take uh, Clemson and and the points. Yeah, I'm going to take Clemson as well. Uh, Wake Forest probably had their best team, their best shot to make any noise in the ACC last year. Uh, I, I think that's gone out the window this year. I think that Clemson is going to come in and uh, dominate. So, I'll, yeah, I'll take them the points as well. Uh, Clemson, easy peasy. Wake Forest isn't the Wake Forest team we saw last year. If my score turns out to be 72 to nothing, Joe, it's going to be in the highlight reel. So, too late. Also, at- <laughs> I'll take you out to lunch, too. How's that? Oh, man, that's a date. Thank you. Tulane <laughs> <laughs> at South Alabama. I don't know much about these teams, but I do a little bit about Tulane. So I'll edge over to Tulane's side. I have them uh, with the points. Let's say, mm, I don't know. I am going to go with. Two lane, and I say, yeah, they'll cover. All right. I'll, uh, I think that Tulane will win the game, but I, I don't think they'll cover. I think uh, I think it'll be a close game, maybe a field goal game. So I'll take uh, Tulane to win, but South Alabama with uh, with the points. Uh, South Alabama has a week under them already. Um. I don't think that will come into a factor, though. Tulane, I think, will get the dub. All right, we got UTIP at Texas. UTIP, they're from El Paso. And I know I got a buddy over there at the radio station who always talks about UTIP. But uh, he's going to be disappointed when it comes to the next day when Texas just roll all over UTIP. Uh, 43 points is a lot of points. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. I think they'll cover. Well, I'll tell you what, because your boy Mike Tipton's my boy too. I'm going to take UTEP and the 43 points. I think they can keep it close. I think they can keep it to within 42. Uh, uh, UTEP? <laughs> you serious? UTEP? Uh, Why not? Why not? Oh, that's a lot of points to be given, dude. I mean, this would better go seventy-seven, nothing. This this better be that kind of game. I think. Uh, I'm doing it for Mike Tipton. Just yeah, enough. Uh, just a just a pointing tip, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I think Texas will probably get out to a 43 point lead early. I could see UTEP maybe somehow getting into the end zone once with a garbage time point at the end. So I'll go. I'll go UTEP with the points, and uh, I gotta yeah shout out my guy Will Hernandez on the Giants, uh, former former UTEP alum. So I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, this is a Texas team that is going to compete for the Big 12 championship and uh, covering a 43-point spread is something you have to do in the Big 12 against an opponent like this. Um, and I think Texas will do it. Yeah, nah. you know what, Matt? I'm not changing my pick, but you got a point. Tech, Big 12, they don't they don't have defense. And for this is this is something big. And if Texas could take this spread i think they're, they're that's the team to reckon with this year western kentucky at louisville 
I'll pick Louisville uh, with the spread. Yeah, I'll take Louisville, uh, given the points, sure. Yeah, uh, I agree with this one. I'm going to take Louisville. Um, I, I like what the their coach came in and did last year after the disaster that was the Bobby Petrino era. So I, I think that they'll turn it around this year, uh, make some noise in the ACC, and I, I think they'll win big against uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, this sure isn't the Lamar uh, Jackson, Louisville, but uh, they're, they're going to whoop Western Kentucky. All right, Coastal Carolina at Kansas. Negative seven is spread. Kansas all the way. Miles will make that happen. This is a new version of last year. They got this. I'm going to take my upset of the week. I'm going to say that Coastal Carolina not only takes the seven, I think they win the football game by a point. And uh, mm. there you go. How about that? Mm. Mm. I, yeah, I think Les Miles is going to have uh, this Kansas squad ready to go. Um, historically not known as a great college football team. But last year, you know, they, they were kind of making their way back um, to making themselves a name. So I, I think that they'll go ahead and win big uh, against Coastal Carolina. Um, Les Miles, like th this game was booked for the redemption for it. Uh, Coast Carolina beat uh, Kansas last year. Um, Les Miles has been thinking about this whole all, all all year, all season last season. Uh, Kansas is going to whoop that ass. All right, there you go, and that's the complete of uh, what's going on for this weekend in college football week two. Joe, any any words, final comments before we go? Yeah, I've got a final comment, and my final comment's for Jace. Um, Coastal Carolina, everybody said they, last year they were going to get their ass handed to them. How'd that turn out? Yeah, That's all that. I'm saying. You know, look, I, I think one of the hardest things to predict is the beginning of a football season, college or the pros, because you, you, you rely so heavily on what happened last year. Or you just ignore things that happened last year because you got a good feeling about things, and it, it you know that's just not how it works. And I think that's uh, I why. Didn't ignore it. No, I'm not saying you, Chase. This isn't me attacking this you. This is I'm a sorry revenge it, game. I'm sorry if it sounded like I was going after Jace specifically. I don't even know who you picked in that game last year. I'm just saying in general, this is what we do. We make assumptions. <laughs> you know, look. Earlier tonight, we were doing another show, and we were we literally were saying. That that Lamar Jackson's gonna be the MVP is is gonna is gonna win a championship this year. He got the MVP last year. He's gonna win the championship this year because because that's what Pat Mahomes did. And it's like, oh my God, you're you're just like deflecting that to the next guy. Like that doesn't make any sense. What are the chances that that would happen in back to back seasons? Slim and none, pretty much. So you know, every season's a season unto itself. You know, look. Here's my other thing. Eastern Tennessee State last week didn't go to Marshall and think like, let's get lit up and look like fools, right? I mean, those guys went in the practice. They busted their butt. You could say the same thing about Navy, you know, going up against BYU. I mean, I'm sure all week in practice they were like, guys, got to wrap up, got to tackle, got to bring guys to the ground, right? You guys all know this, right? We got to make good tackles. Got to wrap them up. They didn't do any of that. They didn't, that's why they had 11 on 11 full contact practice today. So look, I think it's easy to look at these at these at these power schools and just decide that the smaller school, they have no chance. You don't know. You don't know. 
If you have a yeah. good week of practice, if you play disciplined, if you play smart and you take advantage of turnovers, you can beat anybody. Yep. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to beat everybody in here come this week's picks. And you could book that. Believe that. Right, Jason? <laughs> What's up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I just remember last year, Jason was ahead of the game the first six weeks and the last six weeks. Who took over, Jason? You Who did. took over? I thank you. Thank you very much. I like how she it was close, admitted that. <laughs> you did. I'll get you back. You. <laughs> but anyways, hey, we're, we're coming to the conclusion of the show. I appreciate everybody. Joe, uh, last final word. Yeah, um, look, it's going to be a great season. You know, I th- I say this: take it easy on the kids this year, man. Like, no matter what happens, just remember these are these are eighteen to twenty one year old guys. Unless they're from Utah, then they're probably closer to twenty eight because they did a mission. But all that aside, these are kids. Uh, some of them have a future in the NFL. Some of them don't. And I think for a lot of them that don't, it's easy for you as a fan to be like, right. Maybe they don't care as much as you do. Maybe they care more about their their own safety than they do about entertaining you every weekend. But no matter what happens, I say support these teams. Uh, I, I hope this brings a little more awareness to the fact that the NCAA, not just for football, but completely, really needs to get some central leadership behind it so that there's one uniform policy all across football. To me, that's just the right way to go. Uh just my thought. I think a lot of people agree with that. But uh, thank you so much for watching the uh, season debut of All Four Downs. Uh, we'll be back all season long uh, previewing all the great college football action. Uh, and we hope that you will join us. Make sure you visit hhwshow.com to get all the latest. You can also visit clovercrestmedia.com. Uh, click on the CMG Sports link for uh, a ton of great uh, podcasts all related to your favorite sports. We got baseball, basketball, boxing. We got it all. Uh, no matter what you need, we certainly got it for you. So visit clovercrestmedia.com. And listen, if you want to start your own podcast, we've got one of the fastest growing networks in all the podcasting. Uh, CMG is the it, it, literally, uh, it'll change your life. If you want to start a podcast, give us a call. You can start for as low as $15 a month. Go to clovercrestmedia.com. Dot com. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias at all four downs. For Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and my man Ovi Muniz, I am Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for checking out the first episode in 2020 of All Four Downs.